Welcome to Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on all things Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat reporter for the Mercury News. Recording this just a few minutes after the draft lottery, the Warriors got the number two pick, which they had a 12.7% chance of getting, and I know uh, a lot of people will be disappointed by that. A lot of people wanted the number one pick, but look, this is a win when you consider they actually had nearly a 50% chance to get the fifth pick, so not bad, but let's get to the order here. Uh, the Timberwolves had the number one pick. It was interesting. They had D'Angelo Russell on the ESPN telecast versus Steph Curry uh, as their team's representatives at one point. Um, obviously, those guys were former teammates. D'Angelo Russell got traded at the trade deadline, goes to Minnesota, and ends up getting the better pick over his former teammate, Steph Curry, who we barely ever really played with. But um, if you're the Warriors now, you could basically take this number two pick and go get a, a young player to fit alongside Steph and obviously Clay and Draymond in a way that D'Angelo Russell really couldn't. But anyway, uh, Minnesota number one, Golden State number two, Charlotte has the third pick, Chicago at number four, Cleveland at number five, and then it's Atlanta at six, Detroit at seven, the Knicks at 8, the Wizards at 9, Phoenix at 10, San Antonio at 11, Sacramento at 12, New Orleans at 13, and Boston, uh, who is getting this pick from Memphis at number 14. Um, look, you can actually get a guy at number 2 if you're the Warriors. I don't think they feel that strongly about any particular guy in this draft, but it's a good spot. You can also trade back from there, especially if you're a team that wants to move up and get James Wiseman. Charlotte's right there at number 3. They're probably going to take Wiseman if Wiseman is there. Um, I think the Warriors could take Wiseman. The Timberwolves could take Wiseman. I don't think the Warriors are going to take Wiseman. Um, but it, So if you're a team that wants the, an athletic center like he is, you, know, you might want to move up over Charlotte because they'd probably take him there. Um, I know in the mock draft that I did with Charles T. Hamilton uh, yesterday... Uh, we had James, the, the Hornets taking James Wiseman, who kind of outlined why they would do that. So I don't know what team would be willing to move up. I mean, you look at a, a team like Detroit, like uh, Washington, like the Spurs. Um, I don't know that those teams necessarily would be all that interested. But then there's the other option, too. Like, it, there's going to be one of LaMelo Ball or Anthony Edwards there at number two. So if you're, if Minnesota takes Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball is there, I think there's going to be a lot of teams trying to move up and take LaMelo. I, I think you can look at Cleveland at number five. You could even look at Charlotte at number four, or, or I'm sorry, Chicago at number four. And Bob Myers said that they'd be willing to consider trading back in the draft. I think that's certainly a possibility. People I talk to with the Warriors, they, they acknowledge that it's a possibility, but they also, again, talking to people there, they feel pretty good about their top three guys. And they... They're pretty confident that whether they were confident going into this draft that if they had a top three pick, they were going to get a guy that they thought highly of. So I don't think the Warriors are going to be super motivated to move back unless, of course, there's this offer that comes from a Cleveland or a New York or a Chicago or Atlanta or whatever that's just, you know, ridiculous and they have to take it, you know? So I think it's definitely a possibility. Uh, the other thing here, too, is that. This is not considered a very strong draft class, but there's going to be guys, there's going to be all-stars, and when you have the number two pick, and the Warriors keep talking about this, you are in control more than you would be, obviously, at four or five, right? It's one thing to get the number one pick. 
I think you're probably in your heart of hearts glad that you don't end up with the first pick because there's just not as much pressure. You don't get blamed as much if it doesn't work out, etc. So at the number two pick, you're pretty safe as far as dodging all of that stuff. But uh, you're still able to move back and and do some things um, with that asset. And, uh, and Or maybe just not. Maybe just take the guy that you want, obviously. But I think what the Warriors are going to be looking for is... A swing for the fences here, and I'm gonna. I wrote about it tonight, and I'm gonna write about it again uh, on Friday. But they view this draft as an opportunity to get a guy with a lot of upside. I don't think that they want to get a role player out of this draft. And so, when you start looking at the Warriors' options at number two and who could potentially be there, they're gonna be in position to go get one of these high upside guys. There's not a ton of high upside guys in this draft, and obviously, it's gonna depend on their own evaluations. And I still think that their evaluations are going to be different than other evaluations. Those players are going to have to get on the floor. Uh, I think they value different things than other teams, and they see upside differently than other teams do. Uh, That said, when you have the second pick, you're going to be in position to get one of these high upside guys, and we sort of know who those guys are, and we sort of know who um, the the high floor, quote-unquote, safe picks are, right? The Obi Toppins. He's kind of a safe pick at 22 years old, kind of know what he is. Uh, I think they're relatively high on him, but I don't think they view him necessarily as this, you know, multi-time all-star guy, this super high ceiling guy. So uh, with the second pick, you're going to be in position to get one of those guys. Um, All right. I want to do a quick mock draft of the lottery teams next. But first, start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios Today host Nyla Boudou and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping our world. Also, let's talk about DoorDash. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you food that you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Continue supporting restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order at $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. All right, so it's only been a few minutes uh, since the end of the lottery, but I've put together a quick mock draft just to see how things can work out. I don't have that much confidence in it because obviously things are going to change between now and the draft in October, but it's a good exercise to see some some of where these guys can go, uh, general you know positioning for these teams. Maybe some teams want to move up. Maybe some teams want to move down. It just gives us a better idea of what's going to be happening here. So let's start with Minnesota at number one. Uh, and we're, already this is pretty interesting. I, they can kind of go in three directions with the consensus top three here. LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman. You can make an argument for all three of those guys in Minnesota. You could pair Wiseman right next to Carl Anthony Towns. Boom. Uh, dominant front court of the future if you believe that Wiseman could be that sort of player. You could say that they need to take Anthony Edwards because 
They have D'Angelo Russell there. They can use a scoring wing with some defensive versatility. Um, if Edwards pans out, you know, you're looking at a Victor Oladipo type of guy. Uh, you could, and, you know, that would be your backcourt of the future, right? D'Angelo Russell and, and, and Anthony Edwards. Like, that makes sense on paper. Uh, but I think they end up going LaMelo Ball here in this mock draft because, yeah, they do have D'Angelo Russell, but I st- that's really the only playmaker they have. They, they drafted Jarrett Culver last year. I think they, they, he's a defensive first wing. He's a big body. He's physical. He brings a lot of those things that Anthony Edwards brings to the table, but not a, a terribly great playmaker. And T'Angelo Russell is really their only good playmaker. They don't have much on that roster in the way of playmaking. So when Russell's not on the floor, I don't know what they're going to do. Even when he is on the floor, they're kind of still a one-dimensional offense. It's going to be D'Angelo Russell passing the ball to Carl Anthony Towns, period. Uh, so if you bring in LaMelo Ball, he's six seven. he's long. Uh, you, if you're buying into his defensive versatility, at least his defensive potential there, maybe you can work it out where uh, you don't have two negatives defensively in that backcourt if your starting backcourt is eventually D'Angelo Russell and LaMelo Ball. Um, and I also think if you're Minnesota, you can't draft necessarily for need here. And, and maybe they evaluate LaMelo as the best guy. I mean, there are a lot of teams out there that evaluate LaMelo as the best prospect. So if they're one of those teams, I could really see them going in that direction. Um, you know, he would come in, he would give them that extra playmaker, he would give them that star-type quality, and, uh, and he would give them some more length, too, which I think they also need. So I've got Minnesota taking LaMelo at number one, which leaves Anthony Edwards there at number two for the Warriors, but also James Wiseman is on the board. I've said it here before. I'll say it again. If Anthony Edwards is available, I think the Warriors is, are going to go in that direction. This is an easy pick for them. They get Anthony Edwards at number two. Uh, you plug him in, coming off the bench behind Steph and Clay. He's able to just feast on other second unit defenses. He's going to be highly productive in that context. Uh, you know, I don't think Georgia was the best fit for him. It it had a way uh, they, they had a way of just forcing him to do everything on offense. I think that more than anything led to his inefficient numbers, and uh, his catch and shoot numbers were pretty promising. And there's there's enough there physically and athletically that you can buy into what he could do defensively, and um, because of that, you you can you could see him cutting to the basket, finishing at the rim in a spaced up in a spaced out floor next to Steph and Clay. Um, defensively, he can guard several positions, so you can play him next to Steph and Clay, uh, and that would be that would make for an interesting lineup: Steph, Anthony Edwards, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Green, uh, for you know a, t- a closing style lineup. But um, he would probably come off the bench and be able to develop that way too. So I've got Anthony Edwards going to the Warriors at number two, and I think that's very much a possibility here. Uh, if Anthony Edwards is not on the board, and it's between Lamelo Ball, James Wiseman. Um, and all these other guys, I could see them going with one of these other guys too. Uh, we're talking about Denny Avija, uh, Devin Vassell out of Florida State, Patrick Williams out of Florida State. I think there's a few guys in this draft that um, if the Warriors don't get their, if Anthony Edwards isn't on the board at number two, they can make things interesting really quick. But here, I'd have them taking Anthony Edwards. Number three, the Hornets, they take James Wiseman. Easy. You could just see him plugging in next to um, Devontae Graham, who is their representative of the lottery. They still have Terry Rozier there, who they signed before last year. Uh, you just easily do one five pick and rolls, two five pick and rolls, over and over and over again. 
they need an identity, he would at least give them that, and Wiseman would get plenty of playing time and a chance to develop there with some pretty low stakes. Um, so that's the top three. I want to get to the final part of the mock draft next. This is Locked On Warriors. Okay, so finishing up the mock draft that we started, Minnesota took LaMelo Ball at one, Golden State takes Anthony Edwards at two, Charlotte takes James Wiseman at three, Chicago is on the board here at four, I have them taking Denny Avija, playmaking small forward, brings them some length, bring, uh, brings them uh, some, some potential there uh, as far as a fit next to Kobe White and Larry Markkinen and Wendell Carter Jr. I think that's an easy pick for them to make, and you can argue he's the fourth, fourth best player in the draft, so it's not really a reach either. Cleveland at number five. I have them taking Isaac Okoro. We did a mock draft for the the Lockdown NBA Podcast Network um, last week. And Chris Manning from the Cavs was high on the fit for Isaac Okoro and the Cavaliers. They need a wing defender. They need a guy who can just pick up the best uh, perimeter score um, in every game. Because right now, if you're Cleveland, you're looking at Colin Sexton, Darius Garland. That's that's your backcourt. So you need a defender to pair with those to, to pair with those guys um, in order to just not be a terrible defensive team, which the Cavaliers were. So go get the best one-on-one defender in the draft, and that can only help things. Atlanta at number six takes Devin Vassell. I still think Vassell could be in the mix for the Warriors, but uh, because they took Anthony Edwards at number two, Vassell falls all the way to six to Atlanta. Three and D guy, great team defender. Um, you know, it was, one, it was one of the most prolific three-point shooters in the country. And Atlanta is very much like Golden State. They kind of follow that same blueprint. They value the same sort of things. And because, you know, I, like I said, the Warriors would be interesting, interested in Vassell. If he's there for Atlanta at six, the fit still makes just as much sense. So I've got them taking him. Uh, the Pistons at number seven. This is where Anyeka Kungu comes off the board. The center out of USC, uh, I actually like him more than James Wiseman because he's more versatile. He's a better playmaker. Uh, I think he actually shows more touch than Wiseman does on the jumper. Um, great finisher, rebounder, etc. And uh, more you know, appropriate for the modern NBA as far as what you need out of your centers. And the Pistons just traded a traditional center. They traded Andre Drummond to the Cavaliers. Because in large part because they realized, hey, it's cool if you go out and get 20-20 every night, but it doesn't really help us if you can't play in the playoffs and if teams are going to attack you and pick and roll over and over again. So they're going to go the other direction here and get the, the basically the inverse of that and get a Kung Fu who might not be the most productive pro, but he's going to be able to stay on the floor for you in meaningful situations in important playoff type settings. And uh, I think that would be a good fit, a good backline of the defense behind Blake Griffin and everything else they've got going on there. The Knicks at number eight, I have them taking Killian Hayes. Uh, I don't love this pick for the Knicks, but it feels like a Knicks thing to do. To me, if I were the Knicks, I would go with Tyrese Halliburton because you've already got R.J. Barrett there. Uh, to have R.J. Barrett be on the ball and Halliburton, who's more apt to play off the ball uh, because he's got the three-point shooting there. Uh, he's obviously can doing, he can provide uh, some high-level playmaking and some defense. I question Killian Hayes' playmaking. I question... Um, his three-point shot as well, and I question his defense. So I don't love that fit, but it just seems like a thing the Knicks would do. And then that leaves Tyrese Halliburton on the board for the Wizards at number nine, and that seems like also a great fit for them. Halliburton's one of these guys who's going to be able to fit everywhere, which is why I think he's high up on the Warriors board too, but just doesn't have as high of a ceiling, I think, as some of these other guys would have at number two, like Anthony Edwards. 
um, but could very well be in the mix still there in, in that in that range. But he falls here to number nine. You could pair him next to Bradley Beal as the main point guard and, and provides Beal some relief. If John Wall certainly is healthy next year, you could bring Halliburton off the bench. Or you could play Wall, Halliburton, and Beal in that backcourt. You can like there's enough size there between Beal and Halliburton to do that. Makes a lot of sense for the Wizards, and obviously it's insurance in case John Wall isn't ever what he was, isn't ever healthy again. Uh, number 10, I've got Phoenix taking Kira Lewis Jr. A little bit of a reach here, but Kira Lewis is kind of one of these guys, kind of a darling by Draft Geeks. I can see him rising up boards quickly because he has that speed and there's a lot of potential there. Size is sort of an issue with him, but if you're Phoenix and you have so much size already between Devin Booker being in your backcourt, DeAndre Ayton there, Mikal Bridges, Kelly Oubre Jr., if you could just get another up-tempo type of point guard who can help run things and is young and sort of fits that window, I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, the Spurs at number 11 get a steal here with Obi Toppin. I don't think they'll shy away from getting a 22-year-old. Um, I don't really know what their window is, but based on what DeMar DeRozan showed in the bubble, they may try to build things around him, sort of taking on a James Harden role in a five-out offense. And if that's the case, Obi Toppin makes a lot of sense for them. You could see him running pick and roll and pick and pop with DeRozan pretty easily. You could see him standing in the corner and making threes with DeRozan getting to the rim and kicking out. I think it would be a perfect fit for them, especially if they're ready to move on from LaMarcus Aldridge. I'm not sure they are, but if they are, then Toppin is a, is a clean um, you know, backfill for that position. Sacramento at number 12, I have them taking Aaron Naismith. 3-and-D project, uh, or projects as a 3-and-D type of guy, one of the better three-point shooters um, in this draft. And uh, they may have some things that happen here with Buddy Heald. They may have to trade him. We'll see. If they do do that, they can always use more three-point shooting in general. When your main guy is De'Aaron Fox and your other main guy is Marvin Bagley, you can always use more shooting around those guys. And so Aaron A. Smith is, is an easy pick for them. And then the New Orleans Pelicans here at 13 take Sadiq Bey, which is, I think, a really good fit next to Zion Williamson. Um, you just you obviously want to add as many three-point shooters around Zion as possible. You're going to build around Zion like you do around LeBron, like you do around Giannis. And Sadiq Bey is a, a, like, like Naismith, like Vassell, um, one of these 3 and deep guys. But uh, he's, he's got a big body. He can play the 3 and the 4 for you. And so when you eventually move down to Zion at center lineups, Sadiq Bey can move down with him to the 4. And then Boston at 14, they get this pick from Memphis, and they take uh, Precious Achiwa, the Memphis guy, kind of a hustle big, moving up draft boards recently. I've always been a fan of his game. And I think the Celtics can use guys who just do the dirty work. Um, gets a lot of uh, comparisons he does to uh, like a Montrose Harrell. So if, you, if you're the Celtics and you want like a Montrose Harrell type, which I think would fit really well for what they do, uh, Precious Achiwa makes a lot of sense there. Uh, so that's the mock draft. That's it. Uh, quick and dirty. Um, don't know how right it is, but uh, I think it's a valuable exercise to do. Golden State Warriors have the number two pick in the NBA draft. We will be talking about that a ton here on the Locked on Warriors show. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Warriors on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Please rate, review, and say nice things. Thanks to DoorDash for sponsoring the show. You can send your comments and questions to me on Twitter at WC Goldberg or email them to me at wgoldberg at bayarianewsgroup.com. Be sure to get some questions in now. I'm going to have a post-lottery mailbag uh, coming up Monday to get those questions in. Thanks for listening and stay safe.